I'll have a lot of business coaches challenge me and, and what's realistic. And I'm here to take a stand of, of finding that balance where it's not, I, I'm not going for realistic, like find a data anal- uh, analyst for that. But I'm also not saying, you know, go so pie in the sky that nobody on everybody on your team, including you, thinks that it's a bunch of bullshit. But you got to find that sweet spot where it's exciting, but it scares you. And then when you make that claim, not knowing the how is actually a superpower in that moment because it requires your brain to think completely different uh, when and how you're going to build to that. So the question is this, how do most agents succeed in today's competitive real estate market when all the successful agents are keeping the secrets to themselves? So that's the question and this podcast will give you the answer. I interview agents from all over the world. I ask them their tactics and they share all of their secrets with me so we can give them to the world. I'm Aaron Amuchastegui and welcome to Real Estate Rockstars. Hey, Real Estate Rockstars. This is Aaron Amuchastegui. Today, I've got a really unique interview for you that I really think is going to help you guys take your businesses and like get through that next level of growth with a few less of the hiccups and the burnout that may happen along the way. I'm interviewing today Jennifer Hootie with Vision Driven. I have seen a lot of stuff that Jennifer has been doing over the last several years. So the, I think Jennifer, you got first introduced to me by Cameron Harold, who I've had on the podcast several times. Listeners will probably remember, and he's always the go-to business coach that I talk about. The, I think you spoke at a, uh, a convention, this, Tra- uh, traffic and conversion convention out in San Diego a few years ago. And um, you were doing some stuff with like the Genius Network with Joe Polish and all sorts of different stuff. And now you've really like taken your career to like this next level of like specializing on like guiding companies, I think. Right. And so mm-hmm. the what did, what did I miss there with your intro? Mm. Yeah, well, for I'd say the first seven career, seven years of my career, I really doubled down in the direct response copywriting space. So got to work with a lot of really cool clients in the business and thought leadership space, Tony Robbins, Brennan Bouchard, uh, people like Eben Pagan, Dan Sullivan, Joe Polish. And then alongside of that was working with Cameron Harold on this concept called Vivid Vision. And that is where we help companies really clarify what the the vision for the company's future is. And then not only help them clarify it, but really help the founder or CEO articulate it so that they can rally their team around a shared vision for the future. And there's, I mean, so many benefits that come along with that. The the two biggest ones I would say is uh, really aligning and focusing the team around what the company is doing and why they're doing it. And then also attracting and retaining top talent, getting the right people in the right seats and excited about building the company so that the founder and CEO can actually step into the role that they want, which is doing what they want to do and growing the company. So, and when you're talking about vivid vision, right? I think that exercises the idea of, you know, taking your business and saying, what do I want my business to look like in the future? How far in the future should people be looking? I had a, I t- had a talk with a gal yesterday and I said like, hey, what's your, what's your three-year plan? What's your five-year plan? What do you want to be when you grow up? 
-hmm. right? And so if you're trying to give someone guidance on how to come up with that vision, how far ahead should they be looking and how should they write it? Yeah, I think there's there's a, a few different approaches that you can take. There's definitely value in asking the question, okay, what do I want my life to look like 10, 20, 30, 50 years out? But with the vivid vision, we specifically say three years, um, three years out. And the reason why is because when you start to go 10 or five or 10 years out, especially right now where we're in this pocket of rapid change, you can't be super vivid with it. It it starts to become a little bit vague and a little bit general because there's so many variables that can change over five or 10 years. I mean, even most of the social media platforms weren't or were around just coming on the map five or excuse me, 10 years ago. Yeah. But then one year is short enough where or too short where you're really coming up with a plan or a goal, not a vision. And I oftentimes say, if you know exactly how something's going to happen, it's a plan. It's not a vision. And so there's value in coming up with a strategic plan for a year. But that three years is the sweet spot where if you were to step inside your future, three years into the future and paint the picture of exactly what you want it to look like, you can get vivid and specific enough, uh, be able to tell the story, but it's far enough where you really get, you have to stretch into what's possible. Dude, it's such a great point that the, especially now, like a five and 10 year vision. I mean, I don't know, like the, some of the stuff that's out there, I don't know if it was around five years ago, right? Like, and things like chat GPT and some of like the AI that's coming online every two weeks, we're seeing wild changes mm -hmm. like five, six weeks ago, that was helping people with like copy on new emails and a new version like this auto GPT came out a couple days ago that can now like prompt itself and figure out like what's the next question or you can give like all these sorts of resources of hey i need you to find out this 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 and this and it kind of tracks it together so we're seeing immense change really quickly in technology i think um there's probably a great chance that a lot of the business a lot of the jobs out there a lot of the highest paying jobs and businesses that will be around five years from now haven't been invented yet mm -hmm. so the so i like that idea of sticking with three because three is manageable and you get to you get to dream a little bit and when I, when I've done it before, it's kind of like, you know, the taking the exercise of saying like, Hey, the date is like April 1st, 2026. Right. And I just finished, I remember doing it many, many years ago. I was like, I just finished traveling around the, the U S with my family in the RV. I just did this. I, I just sold this company for X, you know, and then started talking about it. And that was more like a personal life one instead of a business. But I think, um, and the, the challenge that I think a lot of people have when they do this, right, is they kind of sell themselves short or when they start doing the vision, they start to think about that plan instead of the vision, right? Mm -hmm. They go like, I can't put that. I don't know how that would actually be possible, right? So like, what would you, what would you tell people in that sense as they're starting to go through it? Like we had, uh, you know, 1-800-GOT-JUNKS example of like name on a Starbucks cup mm -hmm. and things like that, like some really wild stuff that if you start thinking too much about the plan, you would never dream it, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is probably the, the biggest thing that I, I've worked with now over 1500 entrepreneurs just in this process specifically uh, for getting clarity around their vision. And there's a few different challenges that come up around being able to stretch into that. And so many um, 
business owners, real estate agents, entrepreneurs, etc. They're so engulfed in their day to day that they're stressed out, overwhelmed, frustrated, anxious, pissed off that the idea of even asking that question, what do I really want? What do I really want my future to look like is confronting because they're so stuck in the day to day. And there is a distinction that I make and it's kind of either being in a, a, a hustle state or a vision state. And it's basically our our bodies are in one of two operating systems most of the time. Either we're in a parasympathetic state or a sympathetic state. Sympathetic is what a lot of entrepreneurs run on as fuel, which is stress. It's like there's something chasing me and I got to run away from it. And that's how a lot of entrepreneurs have built their the first phase of their business was, you know, I, I got to make money. I got to provide for my family. I got to... Um, prove to myself that I can do this. And they really set up the original game to be running away from something. And so they're in const they're constantly in a fight or flight state. And the idea of slowing down, it, it's hard to fathom. And they think that then eventually they'll, you know, they'll, someone will surpass them or uh, they, they'll get caught by whatever, whatever that idea is of that's ch chasing them. And then there is another state, which is the idea of being in a vision state. And that's where you're in a parasympathetic state where it, that's the rest and digest. That's actually, um, science shows it's when we're most creative, where our brain can make different connections between the left hemisphere and the right hemisphere. And we can actually dream big and, from that place, we can actually get clear of what it is that we really want. So I think even before going into trying to come up with what you want, you first got to pause, like take some time away, take some space, um, let your nervous system kind of slow down the tempo a little bit, go on a vacation, go to your favorite hotel spot, whatever, before you go into this process or else you're just going to create more of the same. Hey guys, a quick commercial break here, but don't worry, this one is only gonna run for the next two or three episodes. I talk so much about the mastermind. It's one of my passions, getting everybody to come hang out in Austin where I get to meet you guys. Well, we just had it you know, a few weeks ago and we decided for next year we were gonna do pre-sales. We're only selling 70 tickets total for the whole country and that way we keep it nice and small where everybody meets everybody and the end of it, it's like a big giant family. Well, we put out the pre-sales last week and in the, during the pre-sales, we sold more than 60 tickets. So there's less than 10 spots left. 10 spots left if you wanna join us for the mastermind for next year. We're putting the date so far out there, you've got no excuses um, to be able to know that the date works. You can put it in your calendar now. And we also set up a payment plan for people to break it up into four easy payments. So if you're one of those people that have thought about going to the mastermind, have never pulled the trigger, now's the time. And it's for, it's for March for next year. But you gotta go sign up now if you want that spot. I don't like selling, I don't like advertising. So we figured we would knock it out quickly. We'd knock it out you know, this first couple weeks in April for next year. So instead of working on that, we're gonna focus on value. If you do join the mastermind, you get to be a, uh, join part of our private Facebook group where we do monthly Zoom calls, where we do tactics. On those calls, they're really small. There's like, you know, between 10 and 20 people on those. So you get to ask lots of questions and learn from experts. So if you are interested in signing up, go to realestatestarsnetwork.com 
forward slash mastermind, realestaterockstarsnetwork.com forward slash mastermind. Go lock in your ticket. We have less than 10 spots left. You can break it up into four payments. So that way it is much easier to, to be sure to join. And I promise you, it is the least expensive mastermind out there for the type of stuff that we're doing. You know, the GoBundance masterminds that I talk about that I'm a part of cost five times what we do for this. And I try to deliver twice as much value. All right, back to the podcast. That makes a lot of sense because especially in, well, as entrepreneurs in real estate, that fight or flight, high pressure, high stress, reactive mindset is pretty, it's pretty normal. It's pretty common. And I found myself and I found people that I work with, they get to a point where they're like, it was easy to figure out what I was supposed to do when I like had a lot going on. And then all of a sudden, like there comes a time always in everyone's entrepreneurial journey that like we come out of like months and months or weeks and weeks or days and days of like stress and push and stress and push. And all of a sudden we've checked the boxes and there's no problems. Now the business is actually running. We don't like all the things on the list that were like, these are the things that are keeping me up at night are done. And then they start the next day and they have trouble getting motivated because mm-hmm. they're like, well now what? Right. That's like sitting in this idea. So I think the idea of a vision is even more important for those moments because it's like, no, it was supposed to look like this. We were supposed to have a calm or in these moments of calm is when I'm supposed to figure out, okay, what is next? Or maybe do some strategy planning and things Mm -hmm. like that instead of kind of getting in that reactive. So you mentioned kind of one of the prompting questions at the beginning, right? That was like, what do I, what do I want to do? What do I, what do I want to feel like? Yeah, or what do I want my business to feel like, right? What do I want, essentially? Mm-hmm. Are there other prompting questions that you that you try to ask as people are, are going through this? Absolutely, yeah. So really, I, I say there's about five ingredients for creating your vivid vision. The first one is getting in that vision state where you're open, relaxed, awake, and aware. Um, Thomas Edison used to say that he would go to the land of the solution, which was essentially just getting his brain into a theta brain state Um, And that's where he would come up with some of his best and most innovative uh, inventions. Step two is, to your point, asking yourself the most important question, which is, what is it that I really want? And we use that three years as a measure. And so the next question is, okay, let's imagine it's December. I, um, I like using December 31st. So even if it's a roughly three and a half years or two and a half years, finding the end of the year, because most entrepreneurs operate on a year end. So it's easier to be able to provide a snapshot of, okay, you know, it's New Year's Eve. What's happened in the business? What's happened in my life? But say it's December 31st, 2026. I'm looking in the rear view mirror. What has happened in, and then you plug in the particular areas of your life. What has happened in my business in order for me to feel really happy uh, with the progress that we've made where we're celebrating? And then if you're doing your business vivid vision, there's actually 12, and, and we have um, several prompts that I can even share with your your guests in a, in a uh, mind map that go into, okay, what does our culture look like? You know, when, when I step into the office or maybe it's virtual, what are the behaviors of the team? How does the team collaborate? How does the team make decisions? And you ask these questions, but that really goes into step three, which is using present terms, reflecting back. And that's a key part 
of the vivid vision process is you're not saying I have, we, we will do this or we're going to do this. You're actually imagining it is December 31st, 2026. You're looking in the rear view mirror. We have done this. We're celebrating this. This is already done. We hit this revenue goal. I traveled with my family on these different vacations. I'm working ex or I, I'm working X amount of hours per week. And the reason why this is important is because there's a lot of science that now backs this up that uh, when we, uh, our subconscious brain doesn't know the difference between um, something made up and imaginary and something that's actually happening. And the same, um, the same parts of our brain that fire and wire when we're imagining something happening versus it actually happening are the same. So the more that you can rehearse and visualize as if it's already done, what that does is there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system or the RAS, and that lets that know, okay, it's important. This is important to us. So now when we go out throughout our day-to-day -day life, we're going to make signs and signals if if we think that there's something that's a match to bringing this vision to life. So that's the whole, you know, you've probably heard the example of, you know, you want to buy a new car, I don't know, like a white Tesla. And then suddenly you see white Teslas everywhere. They were probably there to begin with, but now your brain knows that it's important. So it's starting to signal that. And the same thing goes with your vision is, it's going to let you know, hey, this may be an opportunity. Hey, you never saw this this way before, but this could be a great way to up-level your business because if you don't know where you're going, any road will do. So that's a key piece to the process. Yeah. I love that, like the looking back and saying, hey, this is, and I think for real estate agents, real estate companies, entrepreneurs, I think it's, it's common to say, you know, last year we brought on you know, we, we hit our goal of, of, you know, 50 agents. We were able to help this many families move into homes. Uh, we hit this new revenue goal. You know, everybody at the office has been really excited about our, our annual give back that we've been doing. That's now grown to, you know, you know, whichever, and really get to start to, to dream a lot. Now when they're going through that, right? Like the, cause I think the idea there's of the vision is, well, I guess my question, do you share it with your employees or not? And when do you share it with them? Or do you share it like before they're getting hired? Like, hey, mm -hmm. is this is where we're headed. Do you want to work in a company like this? Yes. Yeah. So when it comes to actually rolling out the vivid vision, you know, it it's one thing to have a vision for the future. And that's really important. But if you don't know how to articulate it, you don't know how to communicate it in a clear and compelling way that's where it stops. And that's where oftentimes for many entrepreneurs, it gets, it's like an idea that gets lost in translation where they're so excited, they see it, but the rest of the team doesn't see it. And that's where the idea of a vivid vision document comes in. And so the vivid vision document is actually a combination of words, but also images that tell you the story of your future or your company's future as if it's already happened and providing the right amount of metrics and painting the picture so that you can hand it to one of your employees and say, 
This is a, like this is the destination. This is what we're plugging into the GPS that for the next three years we're committed to working towards. And now your team can see with the same level of clarity that you can see what it is that you're actually building. And I mean, the benefit of that is one, they're getting so much more enrolled into what you're doing and why you're doing it. And especially in the moments where things are challenging in the business, you're bumping up against problems. It's what's going to source you and fuel you and pull you forward and your team. But number two is a lot of agents and entrepreneurs, they don't want to be stuck in the day-to-day of the business. And when they are um, having to micromanage, it's usually because the team members aren't clear of what the end result is. So when you share with them your vivid vision, they can take more responsibility on how because they know what they're building. And then for recruiting talent, this is absolutely something that you share uh, in your job descriptions. You share it. If, if you're there's someone in particular you're recruiting, you send the vivid vision over to them. But the goal is it should attract and repel. So it should attract the right people that are excited and aligned, but it should repel the wrong people. I'm in the process of recruiting for a pretty key uh, position in my company right now. And anytime there's an intro to someone who may be a good fit, I first send them the vivid vision. And there's been several people who just say, hey, I this isn't for me. And I'm like, great, that's good news because now we don't even have to have the conversation and they know what they'd be opting in for. But for some of the few right people, they're like, this is what I've been waiting for. The, like I am on board. This is connected to my greater vision. And then you get really the right people who are fully bought in. Hey, real estate rock stars. This is Aaron Buchastegui, and I'm interrupting myself to bring you this commercial break from one of our sponsors. There's somebody I've been looking at for a long time. And when they reached out to me, I said, yes, we have to be able to do this deal. So that sponsor is Follow Up Boss. There's a lot of superstars out there that use Follow Up Boss. What's your favorite CRM? We're using Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. So we use Follow Up Boss. I love Follow Up Boss. I love it. We have action plans now for bringing on new agents. We have action plans for our recruiting. Uh, we call them action plans on Follow Up Boss, which will trigger tasks for the agents to do as far as calling. Follow Up Boss, I like more for the integrations with everything, MailChimp, Call Action, all those different products. I will say we used Sync and we switched from Sync to Follow Up Boss. Honestly, the greatest CRM I've ever used, I've used Brivity, Sync. I've looked at Boomtown, like Real Geeks, just a bunch of different ones. But me personally, I fell in love with Fub about like seven months ago when I first started using it. I've used Boomtown. I've used Line Desk. I've used Conversion. And I think Follow Up Boss gives you the most integrations Mm-hmm. that are simple and it gives you the best ability to go and integrate large things into one single solitary platform yet at the same time it's still affordable i do like follow-up boss better just because it you can text from the app and things like that it's just a little more convenient for me um, it tracks everything that i need i can customize it if i want if i want to go smart list based that's fine if i want to go task based it's fine i think it's one of the best systems and it's very user-friendly it's just really helps me never drop a ball because it's so user-friendly. I don't have a one horse in the race with Follow Up Boss. Purely objective, Follow Up Boss has been the best one that we've found. Now, I've used Follow Up Boss. We've actually used it in our non-real estate businesses 
as well because it's so good at being able to set timers, set automatic texting and emailing. So here's what we got. For Real Estate Rockstars listeners, get a 30-day free trial. That's normally 14 days. So in order to get this, you go followupboss.com, just like it sounds, forward slash rockstars. Go there, get your 30-day free trial, and check it out, especially if you aren't using any systems or any CRMs yet. This will be a great one for you to start with. Thanks again. Now back to our show. I, I love that idea about attract and repel. Right? It's supposed to do both. Like you want it to be clear. There's nothing worse than having somebody get hired and you think that you've set. It's really easy to set task expectations. Like here's your role. Here's what you're going to be doing on a day-to-day basis. And then that whole other idea about results I had Dan Martell on the show recently, and one of the things he talked about with his new book was, uh, you know, delegating results, not tasks. Mm. Like, and so you're with the Vivid Vision, you're actually doing that. You're showing the result. And I think the example on on a on a smaller level is saying, like, hey, um, I need this flight booked, right? And I need yeah. this flight booked for the for for whatever the, the lowest cost possible, or I need a seat like this or a window. And it's this, and it's a lot better than saying, all right, go to this website only and, and, and do that. And like the task sort of things, because as it gets to more complicated, like the flight thing's a bad example, but as you get to more complicated tasks, there's so many different ways to get it done. It's like, Hey, yeah. I need this. I need this construction job done by Friday. Right. And when you're clear about that instead, right. Then, then they have the ability to like use the, you know, team members have the ability to like use their brains and their race resources to go, okay, if this is the result there's five different ways to get there. I'm going to go to the result that I, you know, that I think. And so I think getting to delegating, delegating results instead of tasks, you know, is huge on a day-to-day level. And so I hadn't even thought about that with the vision. The vision is the result. So now you're delegating this giant result. You're saying, Hey team, here's the result. And now you guys can go do it. Another thing that stuck out to me there too, is that idea that I've got a, a pretty good idea of the three-year plan. I've, I've got about five or six different companies, right? Mm-hmm. Different teams, different stuff. And that's probably why none of them has gotten giant, right? Because I have too many. But I have all these ideas. I, I have a pretty good idea for each of them what the three-year plan is. Mm-hmm. And like, and I think that the, that the team members, some of them do and some of them just frankly don't. And I think part of that's because I haven't taken the time to go like, well, sh- I should just really dial it in. So taking the time to really dial it in and go, no, here's the three-year plan for this one. Here's the three-year plan for this one. Because it not only would help me sort out like, hey, you think this is the path, but if you get time to focus, like this is actually the three-year path. Mm-hmm. And then it you know makes everything else easy. It's like one of those keystone changes that makes everything else easier along the way. Yeah. Yeah. And one thing on that, you know, as as an entrepreneur, I believe that some of the most valuable, you know, the most valuable real estate was the real estate between our own mind and particularly the most, some of the most valuable energy that we can use is in decision making. But so many entrepreneurs are caught making these low quality, minuscule decisions that are sort of irrelevant, you know, that, that someone else can be making those decisions. Their energy is best used on the higher level problem solving. And so when you have a vivid vision, you can hand it to a team member and really begin to 
delegate the responsibility and the accountability to coming up with the right hows, then your energy is freed up so much more to work on the that higher level problem solving, um, which is what you're you're best at. And so many um, leaders right now are caught in make you know decision fatigue. They get halfway throughout their day. I hear this all the time. You know, it's noon, and they've made all of these little decisions because their team members coming to them because they don't have that level of accountability or responsibility because they don't know where they're going. So it's it's a a really important piece and provides so much direction. And, and then the team. Also, like they want, our, I believe our teams want to do a great job, but are we yeah. really setting themselves up to do that? Yeah, everyone wants to do great, a hundred percent. And like having, like making sure that the measuring thing is there, because whenever, whenever it's going meeting with a team member and saying, "Hey, like this isn't going awesome," or, or "Hey, you forgot to do this," or like, "Hey, I gave you these tasks and you forgot some of those," they they want to come in and get them all done. Right. It's about figuring out how to how to get them to help, how to get them the tools, because they all want to do a great job. You know, we, we mentioned kind of like the vivid vision can kind of be one of those keys, uh, kind of like a keystone change, like something that by doing it will help a bunch of other things inside the business. Uh, you and I have talked before about this idea of like of stacking. Um, what, what's the word like stack? Not, not, not stacking excitement, but like uh, experience, stacking. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Pleasure stacking. And the, and kind of, I've always found that like you need to have these profound experiences to make big change. Mm. Right. But like, what have you seen, uh, w- like with pleasure stacking with some of the events that you've done lately or, or how can people combine that into their future as an entrepreneur? Mm, yes. So first to define pleasure stacking, this is actually something that I learned years ago from a friend of mine, Robin Sharma. And it's the idea of how can you set up your life? where you're doing as many of your favorite things in different categories of your life all at the same time. And I love this and I began to really live my life by this concept where even last week my uh, fiance created this epic event and we were we ran different aspects of it together but to bring entrepreneurs together, and it was a music festival meets biohacking meets business mastermind. And but these epic entrepreneurs, a lot of our friends are there, a lot of clients, colleagues, uh, we're getting to share our message, we're getting to experience and have a great time with our friends. And so I'm constantly looking at how can I design my business and my life where it doesn't feel like it's in the silos. And I really make decisions too now on, okay, you know, because at the end of the day, our time, our energy, we have a bandwidth to it. So where do I want to be investing that? And so um, a couple months ago, we had a Vivid Vision retreat uh, here in Austin. And one of my clients, she's actually in the real estate space and, and supports agents. And at the retreat, she got really clear that maybe there was a certain point where she was starting to really run her business simply for the money, like that that idea of like the passion, the motivation, the excitement that got her in the business in the first place just sort of disappeared. And so she was asking herself the question when leaning into the future, how do I want like, 
where do I want to be investing my time in my business? What are my favorite things to do? What are my favorite people? How can I even design my offers where I can incorporate more of what I love to do while still making sure that we're delivering a ton of value for our clients? How can I make sure that I'm really only working with some of my favorite clients? And a big piece of it too was recognizing that there was some misalignment on her team. And at the about a month after the retreat, she reached out to me and she hadn't even start started to take like specific action around the reorganization of the team. But she just began to start communicating from the vision in all of the team meetings. And the people who weren't a fit naturally started to feel that themselves in the sense that they're like, oh, wow, that's actually not the direction I want to go. And they were the ones, there was two, they came to her and basically opted out. They're like, I'm hearing the vision and I don't want this. She knew that. And that's what was causing some of the friction. But because she was so bold to start communicating from her vision and be like, this is the standard moving forward. This is what we're building. This is what we're creating. That magnet it repelled the wrong people. And those were the people that she wanted to transition out anyways. So I think there's part of this too, that once you start living from this, anything that isn't a match to that vision comes up to be released and transformed. And that's actually really good news. Yeah. And the more, and and I think too, while you're learning this new thing, right, that I, you know, and you're taking back to even the the pleasure stacking idea and why so many events have all these extra things. Like we see it with our real estate rock stars mastermind where every morning we're, you know, we're, we're, we're running in, in downtown Austin around the lake. We did a 5k on the last day and, and, and some people joined us that had never done one or the evening activities that people are doing or the boat rides. Like there's all these other things that when you start to um, combine a life change new goals in your business, new settings. Hey, we're starting a new quarter. Why so many people are like, Hey, we're starting a new quarter. Let's do a little retreat. Let's do some fun stuff. Let's go as a team. Let's go to top golf, whatever it is. When you can start to add these happy experiences to the change too. I think that then she even like your like, client like that even starts to live it even more. Like they're even more excited about like, Hey, I'm not like, you know, the, the memories compound also. And anytime that we're thinking about a change with a happy heart, would like an because not all change is fun either because sometimes it's like oh man it might be difficult to get there so being able to think about change in future i think the cool thing about this idea of a vision is it should all be like the, the end result should all be happy this is all like this is your you're dreaming big here on what life's going to look like mm -hmm. yeah i would say one of the most powerful perspective shifts that i've even taken on myself over the last probably five years is this idea of when we really take the time to, or I'll speak in my experience, when I've really taken the time to crystallize my vision and know where I'm headed, not just in my business, but all areas like, what am I doing with this life that I have? Then when I come to the present moment, any times there's a challenge, uh, situation, a circumstance that doesn't go my way, my immediate thought is, okay, this is what it looks like as it's all working out. So this situation, challenge, circumstance is here to teach me. And I have an option here. Either I can allow this circumstance to have me and get caught up in the loop of it and play a victim, 
or I can look at it as the raw material that's required for me to transform this situation or transform who I need to show up as in this moment so I can hold the vision, not the circumstance. And so now anytime anything like that shows up, I just view it as, okay, this is this is me on my path to the vision. And a lot of entrepreneurs, when they don't have a vision, they look at problems as stop signs versus qualifiers. Like, are you real yeah. are, are you gonna really go for this or not? You know, but when you're committed to the future, it's just a qualifier that helps you summon even more energy to be like, it's freaking go time. Like, who do I need yeah. to show up as here? Yeah, instead of a stop sign, right? Like, no, this is the three-year vision. Like, so this part of this is this thing has happened. You know, this life change has happened, but we're still committed to this vision. So, what's the other way to do it? Yeah, being We've had committed all these crazy to the what and flexible to the how. Being committed to the what, flexible on the how, and that's such an important piece. That's a great quote. Right. Like, yeah, on, on, on what you're doing, the, the, how can be with business management with like, with like day-to-day -day activities and then your long-term business plan. So you're writing it three years out. Do you only do it for one? Like do you do it every year? Do you do it every three years? How often do you do it? I write mine every three years and then I review it every year. And I, I just ask, is there any tweaks or adjustments that I need to make when we're working with clients and helping them to write their uh, vivid vision will encourage them to review it every year and just see if there's big changes, we want to update those. But if there's small ones, they can, you know, they can, um, kind of keep it there. It's, it's like the idea of building a house. You know, the first step, if you were to build a house is you're going to sit down and do the blueprint and make sure you know exactly what the house is going to look like. If a, six months into building your house, you realize that you want different color curtains. You don't have to redraw the whole plan. Um, but if you decide that you want two stories instead of one, then yeah, you're going to go back to the drawing board. But I do uh, recommend that you stay committed to a path for about that three-year mark and aren't constantly changing because that uncertainty creates a, a lot of wobbliness in a team if they're constantly shifting dramatic, dramatically. Unless, I, I always used to say, unless there's like a global pandemic, then you go back to the drawing board, but then when there was. But then there uh, was and, it yeah. and, and there was a lot of back to the drawing boards. There was a lot of like, no, our travel company is not going to do exactly what we thought it was yeah. this year. The, yeah. So, and I was going to, so you can read it every week and you can read it every month, but you don't actually, but you don't read it intently to review it except for annually. And maybe you're making um, some tweaks that do you have any fun stories about just the power of the vivid vision with any, any companies out there that have implemented oh my gosh. this? So many. Okay. So we work with, a company out of Canada. And when we helped them craft their vivid vision, um, they were in the cannabis space. They were doing about $10 million in revenue. And there's common blocks that come up that are super normal when, when an entrepreneur is creating their vivid vision. So for them, there was this fear around capping themselves of, okay, if we write down a revenue number, so three years into the future, they want to do 50 million. They're like, is that capping ourselves? And my response is no, because 
the idea is it's a target. And then there's sometimes that, am I, am I thinking too big? You know, am I, am I going way too far out that now it becomes elusive and we can't really get connected to it? So there is a sweet spot that you find, but they ended up, you know, hitting a sweet spot that as soon as they created their vivid vision, a lot started to lock into place because there was so much clarity with the partners and the opportunities that they were looking for. Cause now they were, asking a bigger question, okay, what gets us to 50 million versus what has us grow 20% this year? So immediately when they had this big stretchy goal, they had to start looking at opportunities a completely different way. They had to look at their business model a completely different way. They ended up hitting the $50 million mark within 18 months um, in pursuit of the, the three-year vivid vision. And so one of the key lessons in that is um, I'll have a lot of business coaches challenge me and what's realistic. And I'm here to take a stand of, of finding that balance where it's not, I, I'm not going for realistic, like find a data anal uh, analyst for that. But I'm also not saying, you know, go so pie in the sky that nobody on everybody on your team, including you thinks that it's, a bunch of bullshit, but you got to find that sweet spot where it's exciting, but it scares you. And then when you make that claim, not knowing the how is actually a superpower in that moment because it requires your brain to think completely different uh, when and how you're going to build to that. Yeah. Result first and this big result. And then the, then the brain will come back to the how and because of that big result, it's going to challenge itself to think in ways it hadn't before. Well, no, we were just going to do our 20% a year. And then also that idea of, hey, 50 million is our goal. When, you're, when they're reading back their, their vivid vision, they're saying we hit 50 million in revenue. So the brain isn't going to pace itself or the team is it's not going to pace itself and be like, oh, like the, as, as we're reading, we hit 50 million in revenue. It's not going to say like, oh, we better not do it early right? Like the, yeah. it's going to, it's going to find its way. I've got to ask a lot of entrepreneurs. I've got to ask a lot of real estate agents and real estate entrepreneurs. What was it like when the pandemic hit right for them? You are, I haven't got to ask very many entrepreneurs that weren't in the real estate space. What was it like? How did you thrive? How did you deal with it? How did you pivot and overcome? And like any advice for people out there? Cause right now the real, the real estate market in like 35 of the States is hitting is in a really rough spot right now, right? Mm -hmm. It's people are having to pivot and change and it's not easy to kind of do this. So I'd be curious to ask about what it was like for you in 2020 and, you know, it, and, and how that might apply to today. Sure. Well, I'm not going to lie. I, I, when, when 2020 hit, I think like any, anytime there's some sort of like black swan event like that, it's pretty normal for whatever level of training that we've developed within ourselves to come up. So my immediate response was like, it's game time. But I was operating from a very like anxious state. So I went into yeah. crazy like creation mode. Like this is an opportunity. We got to strike on the opportunity. Let's go. Let's create. I started pushing my team, working, working, working. But I realized that so much of it was fueled from this sense of anxiety of like, holy yeah. shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, how are we going to get through this? Let me just over uh, compensate for how I'm feeling. 
And uh, we, as, as a company, we did okay. I think we had a huge opportunity to really thrive, but uh, there was a pivot that I was wanting to make for about two to two and a half years. And I figured, okay, everybody else is making pivots. This is our time. Even though we could have doubled down on our copy agency, it was, I made the decision to, to make a shift. Fast forward to now, I think 2020 prepared a lot of us for the, the season that we're in. And the frame that I have reflecting back now is really understanding that it's all cycles, right? I, I, uh, I grew up with a very entrepreneurial father who used to, you know, study the cycles of different markets every single morning and really learning that there's different seasons. And in a season of winter, it doesn't mean that it's, it's, bad. It means like there are different ways of beings and operating to really set yourself up now. And for a lot of people, this is the opportunity that they can use to get ahead um, if using the season right. So that's the way that I'm thinking about things now and and recognizing that the mo you know, there yeah, there's different seasons. Hey, real estate rock stars. We only have a few minutes left in this episode, but before we get to the grand finale, I just wanted to say, as always, thank you, thank you, thank you for listening. You know, podcasts are obviously free. You don't have to pay to listen to the podcast, but if you could pay one thing, if I could charge you one thing to listen to this podcast, what I would ask you to do is go, please make a review. Go to wherever you listen to podcasts, whether it's on YouTube or on Apple or Android, wherever you listen to podcasts, and go give me a review of the podcast. I read them. I listen to them. I try to make adjustments. You know, a couple of years ago, I had a ton of bad reviews on the sound quality or the number of advertisements, things like that. And I've really tried to dial in to add value for all of you guys. So please, please, please go do a review. If you want to get a, a copy of the toolbox of the stuff that you know, everybody that comes on the show, they give us some tactics. They give us something that we put in what we call our toolbox. And so to get that, you go to realestaterockstarsnetwork.com. When you get there, click on the, the toolbox and you get access to the free gift that every person that we interview on the episode provides. There's things like, you know, uh, listing tactics, how to do a presentation, you know, how to do a newsletter, all sorts of cool, fun stuff. And if you want to talk to me, go find me on Instagram at Aaron Amuchastegui. Ask me a question. I talked to so many of you guys on there. All right, back to the show. Thanks again for being a listener. Yeah. Yeah. The, um, when, I mean, when, when 20, when, when COVID kind of first hit and so many of our businesses, one of our businesses ended up getting completely shut down because of like government intervention. And I remember when, I remember when uh, trafficking conversion, this giant conference, right. They sent out like the refund email and I don't know how many thousands or tens of thousands of people that go out to that. And I started thinking about people in like event spaces, you know, and like coaching and things like that how like there were some industries where the, the change was so profound and, mm. but also that idea of seasons too in real estate, you know, when you're at a, when you're at a peak or you're at a boom, you're always like one day closer to that recession. You're one day closer to that bottom anytime in business really, but like, and sometimes you're kind of waiting for it. And I think mm. maybe there's almost some sort of relief in this idea in business too, when like a recession hits mm -hmm. or when slowdown hits or when winter hits, 
right? It's this relief of going like, yes, if I'm in this business for the long haul, if I'm going to be doing this for the next 10, 15, 20 years, I'm going to see four or five moments like this, right? At the top and at the bottom. And so trying to figure out what to do in each of those seasons. Um, I like that. Yeah. You've worked with like people all over the place, right? You were talking to me about even like getting to do that huge thing with, with Tony Robbins, uh, with, with part of your stuff, you know, being, being a part of that is like, I think everybody's dream in kind of like the marketing space. And so you've got to accomplish a lot. Now you're focusing more on, I guess, like helping businesses, helping people with their vision stuff. You recently moved to Austin, right? Like you live, yes. you live out here now and you've got an event coming up in Austin. What's going on with that? Yeah. So when I had, I had a marketing agency for many years and had the pleasure of getting to work with a lot of really clients that were, were people that were my heroes. And, and that was actually a part of my vivid vision is the short version is back in 2015. I had uh, met Cameron Harold. I was just starting my business. I was bootstrapping my copywriting agency. I was virtually unknown. I didn't have any team members yet. And I was, I was a freelancer and he, I had met Cameron at a business dinner that I had gotten invited to from one of my friends who was also an entrepreneur. And he was like, what's your vision for your company? And I was like, I don't know. And he's like, well, let's imagine it's three years into the future. What do you want things to look like? And so when I got clear, the biggest thing for me was I would love to help the people who have made such a difference for me in, in my world when it comes to entrepreneurship, because I went to college and didn't feel like I really got an education in, in business other than big business. So I started reading books and listening to podcasts like this and going to events and, and investing in courses, anything I could get my hands on. And I was like, I would love to help those people get their message out there in an even bigger way. People like Tony Robbins and Brendan Bouchard and Joe Polish and Dan Sullivan. And he was like, great, take the time and write a vivid vision for your company. I wrote down that I wanted to grow a million dollar business. I wanted a team of over 10 people that were just raving fans. And when I, I wrote that very first vivid vision, I literally thought that I was making everything up. Like I was like, because I was, but it, it felt like there was that part of me that was like, you're so full of shit. Like, how are you going to make this happen? And in writing it down about six months later, I had a opportunity completely out of the blue, which I'm always now like, okay, where's the blue? Because these the, the perfect aligned opportunities show up. And it was to to be able to write some copy for Genius Network and, and Joe Polish. And that was my first opportunity on the map. And then that opened it up. And within about less than 12 months, a lot of the people that I had on the list of my vivid vision that I had no idea how I was going to kind of attract them in as clients became my clients. And then fast forward with that business, I mean, that whole vivid vision really came true. And that's why I'm such a raving fan to this process. But as we were helping a lot of entrepreneurs, so many of them think that they just need more marketing and better team. And really, I was seeing time and time again that they actually weren't freaking clear of where they wanted to go. And marketing and team were like this band-aid that they would put on and then they weren't getting results and they were wondering why. And it was because they didn't have a compelling 
vision for what they wanted in the first place. And so that's why I'm really committed and excited to continue to help entrepreneurs um, with this very important first step of the process. So one of the things that we do is we have vivid vision retreats. So we have one coming up in Austin here, May 10th through 12th. And we, uh, I guide the entrepreneurs through the process of the vivid vision, get them in a vision state where they can actually get clear of what they want and why they want it and so that they can make it happen in a different way, really opting outside of just like the hustle and the grind and the working harder, but being able to create it a different way to where they actually enjoy the journey a little bit more too. Yeah. I, I love that you, like you weren't a vivid vision person, right? You were an entrepreneur, yeah. like building your entrepreneur stuff. And then someone incur and then they encouraged you to build a vivid vision. And then by seeing the results, you were like, oh, that's magic. Right. Yeah. Like you were, you were, you were skilled at copy. You were skilled at marketing. You had these businesses that like had become really successful, but you were like, well, the thing that I saw the biggest profound change in my life wasn't actually this part of it. It was the vision part. That's, that's a really, I didn't really realize that part of your story of why, of how the, the transition to like working the vivid vision and, and your new company vision driven. So that's really awesome to go like, no, it was a process that I became a part of. That, that like you experienced and it worked so well, you were like more people need to know about this. If people want to know more about, um, first of all, thanks. This was a, this was a great podcast. And I think the listeners uh, are going to be really excited and they're going to be asking themselves the questions of like, what do I want to be when I grow up? You know, mm -hmm. what do I want out of this company and being able to see all the pros and cons of like uh, the pros really of why you would want to have this and how this is different than setting goals. Right. It's different yeah. than coming up with a business plan. It is setting up this vision that now during hard times, it's like like the, the pivot, all the things that we that we talked about. So if people want to reach out to you more if they want to if they want to ask you questions about something or if they want to know specifically about your event, what's the best way that they can follow along and find more about Jennifer Hootie? For sure. So if you want to learn more about the Vivid Vision Retreat, you can go to vividvisionretreat.com. So vivid, V-I-V-I-D, visionretreat.com. And then if you want to connect with me, I'm starting to become more active on Instagram. So I'm at Jen Hootie, J-E-N-N, and then it's H-U-D-Y-E, H-U-D-Y-E. So you can come in, just send me a DM there. Be happy to hear from you and also what landed from the episode um, but yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, entrepreneurship is a gladiator sport. <laughs> and yeah. if we don't have something that's bigger than ourselves pulling us forward, it can be so easy to ask those questions of like, what am I doing? Why am I doing it? You know, and, and get frustrated yeah. and just caught up in the the pain in the ass parts of business. But when we recognize that those are part of the greater vision it makes it creates a whole lot more meaning in what we're doing and why we're doing it so that's why that's why i'm here to share that message yeah yeah when you know your why then it, there's less of those we've all had it as entrepreneurs who go why am i doing this mm -hmm. why is this my business this isn't even fun anymore there's so many statements that we say and to go like but yeah if you can go back to like no that's why. Well, listeners, you heard it. Vividvisionretreat.com to learn more about what she's got going on in Austin. Uh, Jen and I, we've connected on Instagram. So it's, it's Jen Hootie. 
uh, at Instagram. The, and you guys know for, for me too, that's the favorite way I like to hear from you guys. You guys know I, I, I answer my DMs. I reach back out to you. I love hearing about which parts of the podcast you guys like and everything else. So Jen, mm -hmm. thanks so much for coming on and mm -hmm. sharing with the audience today. Thank you so much, Aaron. I appreciate you. Real estate rock stars. Thanks for listening. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.